Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nourish Circle Podcast. Join the band as we gather in our Nourish Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. This episode is sponsored in partnership with the Weight Neutral for Diabetes Care Symposium. The Weight Neutral for Diabetes Care Symposium is an online training to truly help professionals learn about the intersections of diabetes, disordered eating, stigma, and health behaviors. It will offer all health professionals who work in diabetes care a chance to explore a weight-neutral approach and how this paradigm offers effective care and treatment for patients. The symposium focuses on the intersections of weight stigma, diabetes, eating disorders, and more. Learn and connect with the 16 speakers from around the world who will accelerate your understanding of the nuances and intersection between counseling, diabetes, and weight neutral care. See show notes for a link to the www.wn4dcsymposium.com. CEU credits are also available. Today we are talking to Haley Goodrich, who specializes in eating disorder recovery, intuitive eating, and body image healing from a health at every size perspective. She is currently pursuing her certified eating disorder registered dietitian certification and is also the eating disorder resource professional for the Behavioral Health Nutrition Dietetic Practice Group. In addition to individual client work and managing her group private practice, she also is the co-founder of Inspired to Seek, a community-based learning experience designed to mentor and guide nutrition entrepreneurs to build amazing businesses. Haley strongly believes in integrating the non-diet approach and Hayes philosophy into all healthcare settings, including nutrition therapy. She advocates through her writing, speaking, social media presence, and mentorship for practitioners. In this episode, we were able to talk to Haley about Inspired to Seek. If you are a nutrition professional, you most likely love joining this Facebook group, and it's a supportive community for dietitians and nutrition professionals working in this work in private practice, as well as from a health at every size profession. And Haley talked about where it all came from, who she developed this Facebook group with. And we also had the opportunity to talk to Haley a little bit about a sneak peek of the workshop around having difficult conversations in our profession that she will be running in the fall, which both Lori and I will get to attend uh, with Fiona Sutherland, the Mindful Dietitian. And then we talked about how to energetically manage these conversations those conversations being the hard conversations with colleagues, professionals, coordinators, partners, family, when there is some sort of stigma or non-health at every size or weight-centric messages being circles, how do we energetically manage those conversations? And what can we do to prepare for those conversations? Anything that Haley recommended. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Haley. Corey and I are so excited to have you part of our Nourish Circle podcast. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you both this morning. Awesome. So before we get started, can you just let us know any identities, privileges, and frameworks that you work from? Um, Just so everyone kind of gets an idea since this is audio and we can't see you. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I think that's, um, 
the pros and cons to, to podcasting, right? The, the pros being you can't see the, the speaker and, and form biases and the cons being you can't see the speaker. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> so, um, but I, I'm a dietitian practicing in the Pittsburgh area. Um, I do hold a lot of privileges that um, are unearned that can easily be taken for granted, um, such as I'm a white, thin-bodied, cisgendered um, female, and I have the ability to see and walk. I have a college degree, a safe home, financial stability, all of those wonderful things um, that give me ease in this world. And so I always try to keep those things in the forefront of my thoughts whenever I'm speaking or chatting with anybody, working with clients, um, hanging out on podcasts such as this, um, so that people that are listening understand that my perspective and everything that I share has been informed by not just my lived experience, um, but other allies, other professionals, and the labor of those who are more marginalized than myself. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. I think that, you know, we always start our podcast with that, but I still find with just that simple, simple in Italic's question that I just learned so much from that. And it just kind of gives me that perspective all over again and that reminder daily to always remember that when I'm speaking, I'm not speaking from lived experience. And so we're so thankful that you can start um, and, and sort of just own that and honor it and, and speak from that. So thank you for that. So we follow your Inspired to Seek Facebook group. And we were wondering if you can kind of give, and I know it's probably uh, an open question, but if you can just give folks that are listening a little bit of an understanding about what that group is, maybe sort of how you came to be in putting that out there um, with the, with, I think you have a few people that are on that with you as well as the many followers you have on that group and the conversations that are happening. And maybe if there's anything that's coming that you would want to share. Yes, actually, I love that question. I love reflecting back on the Inspired Deceit group because it, it sort of formed on a whim um, at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. Um, and it's been really fun to watch it evolve over the years into what it is now, um, which is that space where not just entrepreneurs, but I think it's, uh, it's mostly comprised of um, weight-inclusive practitioners, whether they're in entrepreneurship or working in a clinical setting, in a hospital, or whatever their job might be that they're doing. Um, it's really just sort of this melting pot now of um, professionals from all over, not just dietitians as well, um, sort of bringing what they're experiencing in the world, the conversations they're having. And um, it's, it's really turned into this the kind of safe community where people feel comfortable asking pretty much anything. Um, and that's what I love so much about it. Um, but I think it started, let's see, probably around, well, I'm trying to think how many years ago. I'm not actually sure, but I became an entrepreneur in 2015. And um, I, pretty much went straight into entrepreneurship right out of my internship um, because I felt kind of like I didn't belong in the world of dietetics, to be perfectly <laughs> frank and honest. And I almost left the field, actually. I um, had a rough internship experience, not a lot of support, and um, happened to be reading Intuitive Eating and Health at Every Size as I was going through my internship and was getting very, very, very conflicting messages um, 
from my preceptors and internship director. And so it felt very confusing to me. Um, I also knew nothing about owning a private practice or starting a business. And so um, when I became credentialed, I thought, well, I'm either going to figure out a whole different career path or give entrepreneurship a chance. Um, And at that time, there weren't all of the Facebook groups that are out there now that are such wonderful resources and ways to connect us all. And so it felt really lonely. Um, and I don't, I don't know if anybody else, if either of you had that experience or not, like prior to Facebook groups. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy where we're at now with the way Facebook connects us all. Um, so sure. it's so accessible to us. Um, But, you know, so I think there's a lot of layers in where I was at when I started Inspired to Seek with Monica Mo, who is the founder of WellSeek, and we kind of came together and formed Inspired to Seek. We were both um, at that place of trying to feel our way into entrepreneurship, Um, and she happened to just reach out via email looking for anybody else out there who, who might be sort of doing the same thing, testing the waters. And I said, that's me. I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's be friends. And we just started the Facebook group on a whim. Um, Now we have a whole bunch of modules for starting a private practice. We offer monthly CEUs um, for weight-inclusive practitioners. So it's kind of just developed over time into what it is now. Um, But yeah, it came out of my own selfish need of trying to navigate these, these intersections of being not only a health at every size, or weight-inclusive provider, but also someone going into entrepreneurship. Yeah, that, I mean, I find even for, and you mentioned this about um, those of us who aren't entrepreneurs, often a lot of the skill sets are still transferable because we're either operating solely as the only dietitian in our practice, or Mm -hmm. we're operating solely as the only dietitian who practices weight-inclusivity. Yeah. And so a lot of that kind of survival and self-care that you have in your group really, I think, can apply to a lot of different situations for dietitians. I mean, it, feel, it truly feels like braving the wilderness. It, um, yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that book. Um, yes. <laughs> and it's really, I think I was saying um, to you in my comment too, like, thank you so much for really owning and just sharing what's going on because I think I get certainly flooded with these make this amount of money doing private practice and sell Mm -hmm. this program and join this $10,000 program and Mm. it's like really do we really need that I mean how many programs do we need to take and and just having that support I mean we do need programs don't get me wrong I do believe in them and support them but I think there's that integrity piece that's missing from a lot of those announcements. And so I really honor what you put out there really supports that integrity. So thank you for doing that work. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things I realized pretty quickly actually was because I was learning a lot about um, health at every size and leaving diet culture behind or what even diet culture was. And I was starting to see all of that through a whole different lens. um, I noticed that actually the journey into private practice um, often parallels diet culture quite a bit. Like you were just saying, all of these quick fixes, Mm -hmm. promises um, that are thrown at us. uh, And 
it was striking actually to see to see that parallel between the two um, fear that we're not constantly doing enough right there's all of these funnels and email lists and having the need to have thousands of followers and um, it becomes very overwhelming and numbers focused very quickly so true i actually i've thought about that but i've never actually put it in that context before yeah yeah that fear uh when you're i find anyways um when i do private practice it's i feel like i i in the beginning anyways i felt more like i needed to fix Mm. um because it was they're paying me i need to give them what they want type thing um and it was scary and i felt like i was afraid i would never make money and i needed to do all these things to be all the things and um it was a very scary time which i think is why i've never jumped into it 100% to be honest um but i love the analogy of putting it in line with diet culture it's so true I'm having like a mind blown moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I have to second that because I think when it came to, especially being an entrepreneur, the money management, that was another place that I really saw diet culture sneaking in with, you know, setting budgets. And to me, budget is just like a diet word. And it just is so amazing how much, you know, practicing mindfulness, how much that actually can affects the way I look at money now. I look at it from more of a mindful perspective and not restrictive or, you know, binary. Do I have enough or do not have enough? Or should I invest or shouldn't I invest? There's all these binary ways that we even manage our money. So um, yeah, it's, it's so fun to watch and connect with people who really get it and you learn so much. And that's why it's so cool to have all of these different folks that are offering programs and support groups because each one offers something completely unique and there's enough to go around. We all need this support ongoing. So the more places we can get it, I think will really just help with managing that culture that's not supportive. Yeah. I, so I agree a hundred percent. And to add on to what you said about the word budget being um, or kind of money talk and budget being sort of like a diet culture word. I, I agree with that. And the same thing with the word marketing or having to convince people um, mm. to stay in our office. Like, do I have the right handout for them? Um, how do I convince them? What, what is, where's an article I can give them that can convince them that, I, that what I'm telling them is, is right? And I think we approach it from that, from a good place, right? Just like as somebody who is a victim of diet culture approaches these quick fixes from a good place of wanting to belong, of wanting to be accepted, of wanting to be okay. We do that in our business. And I don't want to forget about all the folks that are not in private practice. It's the same thing as you both mentioned a few minutes ago. If you're working at someone else's practice or in someone else's clinic and you're the only Hayes practitioner or weight inclusive practitioner, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's that mindset shift of moving out of of, the, of having that feeling um, of having to convince people. So important. Mm-hmm. I really think um, to the, the fact that, like you said, that diet mentality just really sneaks in in so many different aspects and we just really have to realize that this is just a continual journey because in each life stage too, we will see it and, Um, in speaking with different dietitians, kind of, you know, mirroring what you just said about, I've heard so many dietitians say to me, 
well, you don't get it. I'm an entrepreneur. People are paying me and I have to give them something. And I'm like, well, what about giving them the experience? Is there value in that? And so rather than trying to fix or give a handout, it's really, I think, that empathy piece that we, we have to offer that not a lot of healthcare practitioners are even skilled at. So um, it's so, so interesting to me when I hear that. I think, okay, I know where you're at. <laughs> That's kind of a cue for me now to understand where is this clinician. Mm-hmm. So I guess now you've kind of told us a little bit about where you are with Inspired to Seek. Where do you see it going in the next five, ten years? Oh, gosh. Um, I hope it continues to grow. I would like to actually meet more of these clinicians in person. That's, that's sort of where I'm at right now in my career um, is I'm, we have so many amazing resources online that, are, that make learning um, and connecting accessible. And I think some of my most valuable experiences thus far, and I still have a ton to learn, I'm a very new practitioner, um, have been because of in-person connection. It's something we can't get from connecting online. So I want to do more meeting people in person. I know Monica and I are trying to brainstorm all of these ways that we can, um, thinking about sort of like Fiona and I, um, Mm -hmm. which I know we want to talk a little bit about, but Monica and I are sort of on the same page there as well, wanting to bring maybe a retreat was kind of going on in our mind, um, maybe a summit or an in-person event. Um, so those are some things I'm playing with right now. I would like to not just be behind my computer here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Corey and I have been talking about that a lot, um, all the great online stuff, but how important it is to get out and meet people in person, which is why we're going to meet you in person in September. So I think that kind of segues nicely into... Um, the workshops that you and Fiona are doing, I think it's late summer, early fall, um, Mm -hmm. not just in Toronto, but around other places. So why don't you just kind of give us a little um, update on what that is and what you guys hope to do with the workshop? Yes. And as many of um, your listeners probably know or know of Fiona and in her work, um, she does offer non-diet approach workshops and has for a while now across um, Australia. And she has come to the United States a couple times. We are so fortunate whenever she comes over and spends her time here. Um, And she, her and I had been talking um, and uh, end of last year, I guess. And, and she said, why don't we kind of pull in the the communication piece, the private practice piece, the um, entrepreneurship and social media and all of that that so badly um, that so many practitioners badly want to explore and don't really know where to start from a weight inclusive um, standpoint. And I said, absolutely sign me up for whatever it is that you're thinking I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it sort of unfolded that way. And we will be offering, it'll be two day workshops live and in person really um, centered around insightful um, discussion, um, practical, talking to each other type of workshop. So two full days. The first day will be um, a lot about the non-diet approach and its history. So the principles and how we actually put those into practice in, in different settings. 
Um, and I think Fiona will be going over a couple case studies to really pull it all in. Um, we hope to develop a lot of really rich conversation from that. And I think this is something that can seem, um, just in case there are practitioners um, or healthcare providers listening that think, oh, I already know all the principles and I already know what the nom diet approach is um, and wondering if that's, you know, they're too seasoned for that. I think the, the thing that is going to make this really beautiful is having that melting pot of some seasoned clinicians and some newer clinicians and the discussion that's going to come out of it, yes. yeah. um, I think will be really beautiful. So this is not something that is too elementary for, for any practitioner. I think, um, and day two will be a lot more about language and communication, which is something I've noticed is one of the biggest sticking points mm -hmm. for practitioners right now, no matter where they are practicing or what setting or where they're coming from, how experienced they are. Um, and it's, it's not just the language we're using on social media um, or in our writing. It's also, well, how do I... Um, advocate on behalf of my, my patient or how do I, I live in an area where there's no other non-diet or weight-inclusive practitioner, where do I even begin in mm -hmm. developing treatment teams or, you know, that are all on the same page? So I think day two, we will be really diving in there. Um, and, and yeah, I'm excited, like really excited. That's amazing. Um, I'm such a big proponent of language and um, our intent versus our impact. And I can't wait to sit and have that discussion with you guys. Um, just so every listener knows, if you want to go back to episode four to listen to um, more about Fiona Sutherland, that's when we interviewed her for this podcast. So you can always go back and check her out too if you want to listen to both Haley and Fiona before you register for your workshop, which you should. So um, <laughs> just quickly, when, where are you going to be for those workshops and when are oh, you yeah. going to be there? Yes, yeah, so we will actually be starting um, our tour in Houston, Texas, and that will be September 3rd and 4th. We will then be hopping on up to Toronto, or I've been told I need to work on pronouncing this. Is it Toronto? How do I, how do I say it? Tur Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. We don't say um, the last T. <laughs> Toronto. Okay, um, and that'll be September 7th and 8th. And then our last stop will be in Washington, D.C., back in the U.S., um, September 12th through the 13th. And that event is special in that we are collaborating um, with um, Heather Kaplan, who hosts the WIND Symposium, which is Weight Inclusive Dietetics and Nutrition and Dietetics. And so it'll uh, both workshops will be held at the same venue, which is really nice um, so that you could spend two days with Fiona and I and then go straight into Heather's um, wonderful workshop, which is on the 14th. Very so lots cool. of really cool opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like how you're starting on the West and then moving East, North and then East. That's mm -hmm. great. It's the, the one thing we were talking about offline is how um, hard it is to get to all the different places and things mm -hmm. we want to go to because North America is quite huge and then Fiona's in Australia, and, right? So when people come around, you try and travel a little bit and it can be a little bit hard, especially I find for Canadians going to the States because of the exchange rate of the dollar. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful Absolutely. that you're coming up here. Yes. We're very excited to come to Canada, the most excited. So oh, we are um, so excited to have you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to count down my summer, but I'm kind of doing that already. <laughs> I know. Same. 
Um, so, you know, I think this is another sneaky diet mentality conversation about having these tough conversations, which I'm so excited. And I was totally guilty of the, oh, you know, I'm seasoned. I know a lot. And then you have a conversation with someone and you realize how much you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I so value, I mean, I think all my money goes towards continuing education. I don't think it goes anywhere else. And between books and courses, I'm always, you know, craving learning. And so I think I finally got over that. You can never know enough. But at the same time, the diet mentality I sometimes come across within myself and with others is that is that fear of not knowing enough and that you want to take so many programs and then it doesn't give you that space to actually implement it or to try it out and grow from it. So I'm just curious how you manage all of that personally, if at all, if you're in that same place, um, or if it's something you've ever come across of how we can like energetically manage that piece of our, our professional and even our personal life. Mm, I think this is really important. And it's something I'm reminded of constantly as I'm trying to um, specifically balance work and work-life balance and also not getting burnt out in my work. And engaging in these conversations are very draining and they are hard. Um, And so I think we have to talk a lot within our community about this. We have to have somewhere to take what we're feeling, the vulnerabilities that are coming up for us, the uncomfortable feelings and emotions and have somewhere to unpack that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I think this is going to be really an awesome learning experience for myself included. I am not, I I get really nervous whenever I feel that um, someone is expecting me to teach them these things uh, because I am still fumbling every day in these conversations. I've just realized that I want extra support around them. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm reminded over and over when I go into a conversation thinking that I must know more than the other person. So this is not going to be so bad. I'm going to just tell them everything that I know and it's going to be fine. And I'm reminded over and over again of why, why that doesn't work or why I still have a lot of learning to do. Um, And so I think the biggest way in answering your question, the biggest way that I energetically manage these conversations currently is starting with that mindset that I'm going to learn something from this other person in this conversation, even if it's a conversation I've had many times before. And in entering it, how can I better understand where they're coming from, even Mm -hmm. if it's completely different from what, where I'm coming from? I think that's so practical because, I mean, if you think about where this also kind of translates is if you're having that conversation with a colleague or with a client or a partner or a family member who may not see things. And I, I've, you know, referred to that as like my pedestal hopping of, Mm -hmm. you know, going from a weight centric to weight inclusive health at every size approach is that I forget that other people don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. Not be that they don't want to understand. It's just, they haven't gone through that process or that journey or they're, they're on a different journey. And so energetically, I have to manage that too, that it's, it's not about pushing it onto other people or convincing, like we talked about with the marketing. Mm-hmm. It's about inviting and mm-hmm. 
you know, I think you've given some really great questions and some really things for us to think about when we are in those conversations, how we can manage that um, by, by just remaining in that curiosity and invitation state. So I love that answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're getting ready to have conversations like this with other practitioners, um, do you have any resources that you recommend for them if they're wanting to make a shift in the workplace or if they're starting to be an entrepreneur and they want to work from, you know, the more non-diet Hayes paradigm? Um, how do you help assist with those conversations um, and then help individuals further themselves that way? Mm, I had to think a minute on this one. Are you are you asking where to where okay. I might point someone in the direction of where to even get started? Yeah, where to get started, or even where to further develop? Because I find um, mm. there's a lot of you know toe dipping and then line yeah. straddling, and then you know you're like sixty forty, then eighty twenty. Yes. How do we get them to move through all those processes, I guess? Yes. Okay. I I think the first thing that's coming to my mind is supervision, is finding a mentor, a supervisor that can help hold space for you, that you can take um, questions and concerns and, and the most, like, your deepest insecurities, I guess, or this is what I said in a session, this is what I did with this client, um, this is what I don't understand, somewhere that you can take that one-on-one with somebody. I think is probably the the very first thing that that's coming to my mind. Cause it's mm-hmm. but everyone answers this question differently. So that's why it's nice to ask it because mm-hmm. there's either a new resource or maybe a resource that we've forgotten about. And so I think it's always good to, to I just, think there's so many, on. there's, yeah, and there's, there's so many. Um, I like the supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe do you provide supervision? I don't remember right now for some reason. I do. I'm new to providing supervision and it's usually um, to dietitians who are, you know, in their first or second year of starting their, their private practice. Um, and specifically, um, of course, haze aligned and um, for eating disorders, because that's my main niche. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what type of resources or um, maybe even just walking us through a little bit what you do in supervision um, might be interesting, because I think dietitians are starting to learn a little bit more mm-hmm. um, about the importance of supervision. Um, but I'm not sure everyone has gotten there yet as to going to supervision or they think it's a good financial investment. Um, since you are working with individuals kind of in the beginning of their careers, um, how do you encourage them to use supervision um, in the beginning of their practice and any maybe resources or um, activities, worksheets or whatever that you might give them in order to help them further along on their journey? Good question. I think the, the probably one of the most important things that um, I help other clinicians with and that I found really helpful for myself and my own journey has been understanding my boundaries, sort of kind of looping back to the conversation we were having about um, energetically managing these conversations. I think it's important to understand our, not only our bandwidth and how to restore afterwards, but what our boundaries are in the middle of those conversations. So um, that is something I think I'm, I, 
I think a lot of people might think about supervision as the place that you take troubled cases to, but, um, you know, whether I'm in my own supervision or working with another clinician um, and I'm giving supervision, a lot of the time we are talking about things like maintaining boundaries, preventing um, burnout, and, you know, talking through other resources that they can use um, outside of our supervision sessions to further their growth. So whether that's reading um, a memoir by a person in a larger body or taking an online course such as something like, let's see, uh, Christy Harrison's is coming to my mind yeah. where, you know, that's the, she has several intro courses like that for practitioners about um, language, um, consistent language and, and things like that. That's wonderful. Um, I just want to, we've talked about this throughout kind of our first season of the podcast is the burnout. And you mentioned <laughs> that briefly. Um, I think my view is that we have a pretty high burnout rate, um, those of us working in this space in particular. Um, what kind of boundaries do you think are important for a dietitian or anybody working in the non-diet space um, to kind of hold in order to prevent um, that, the burnout or whatever we're calling it these days? Mm. Yeah, I, th I think we can't do it all. We can't please everyone and we're certainly not going to um, be able, it's, it's unrealistic. So I think we spend a lot of our energy trying to appear that we're okay, that we know what we're doing, that um, we're on the outside seeming like everything's grand and going really well. And I think that is a, a massive energy suck, to be honest. I think um, that, <laughs> I think that's another reason I like in-person events sort of like the one Fiona and I will be doing is so that we can all get on the same level. I know it's easy whenever you see another practitioner out there who seemingly looks like they have tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and they have these new courses coming out and they just um, got another credential behind their name or they're writing a book. It's easy to think, oh my gosh, how will I ever catch up to that? How will I ever um, get on that level? And that's what I need to be successful. And I think that is the mentality um, that can get us to a place of burnout quicker than anything else. And so meeting other practitioners in person, realizing they're just another human that they've, you know, if they've been practicing longer than you, it's not that they, um, it's not that they're better than you. It's just that they've had a lot more stumbles and fallen on their face and gotten back up than you. And um, that we all have our own definition of success. And it's a very tricky in this world where, yeah, numbers, again, back to that parallel between, um, to diet culture, the numbers, you take a look at someone's Instagram account, it can seem like they have it all and they've have it figured out. Um, and chasing that is a lie. Chasing that will get you to a place of burnout. Mm. So wonderfully said. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true though. And, and how many of us, like in general population, I mean, it's that whole comparison effect mm -hmm. from anything that we we do burn ourselves out quite quickly and we have so much access to that comparison for lots of different and, aspects of our life and so yeah it, it'll, it'll get worse huge. too i mean yeah. we're 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 not getting away from instagram anytime soon no it's so true so true <laughs> yeah it's almost like we're all a before and after photo kind of without even yeah. doing it yeah right? and I, and I'm a fan of Instagram. I'm, I don't want to knock Instagram. And I, um, 
have somehow acquired a following myself. But, and so I think it's a constant, constant reminder. I'm going back to my, my own work to not get caught up in the numbers because it doesn't tell the whole story at all. Not even yeah. close. Yes. Yeah. Again, I think it just comes from that, again, that diet culture of, well, I'll help you get the numbers. I'll help you mm-hmm. engage your followers. And it's, it can be, you know, reading between the lines and marketing sometimes that we have to learn from this kind of approach is, is does that really match my values? Is that what I really yes. need in my life? And is that what's going to make me joyful or expand my joy or connect to my joy? And I think as an entrepreneur, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will admittedly say that I had that backwards because you know, from a long lineage of entrepreneurs who didn't practice from this kind of framework, I really surfaced a lot of things that I had to look at and really work on that, hey, that's not what brings me joy. I think it might, but in actuality, it's not. And you can have a small following, but they can be super engaged. So that's, that's, that's a great lesson for you to share with us. Yeah, yeah is, so this, is this even what I want for my business, right? Like I think we get into a place, um, or if you're not in private practice, in just in your career in general, is this what's bringing me joy? Is this even what I want? What is the intention behind behind this, behind what I'm posting, behind what I'm writing? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when you open it up and you're like, this only got three likes. I thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, I did something wrong. Right. 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 Not whatever the thing that makes it go up first on people's the algorithm. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the algorithm's fault. It's my fault. Right. And then you question your semi brilliance in writing a quote or something. Right. And I think it can be really damaging to some people. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I mean, we all like to see the little heart at the bottom, I think, but um, I've stopped trying to look at it, to be honest with you. It's like that yoga philosophy of the letting go, the non-attachment. It's Which I will say, Corey says to me at least twice a week, let it go. <laughs> I love it. Lori sends me a message. It's been four days since we've messaged each other. There's something wrong with this. <laughs> right? Yeah. What it. were you going to say, Haley? I cut you off. Oh, I was going to say, I think we're, we're all humans. So that, that validation we get from likes um, and comments and engagement on our posts, it, feel, it does feel good. We can't ignore that either. Um, and so it is, it's a tricky place to be as someone who's creating content as part of their business in um, kind of remembering, like you said, the values are the reason you even started doing this in the first place. And that if, if it changes one person's life or, or plants a seed for them or helps them in some way that, in fact, you have done what you meant, you, you started this account for. Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah, and you're right. There's so much out of our control now, especially with things like algorithms and who even knows what else. Um, but yeah, comparison, I think that is what in the end kind of it all boils down to with with burnout. You know, what am I hustling for? Why am I hustling? Where am I not resting enough or giving myself enough self-care? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen that. I mean, I'm sure this is what you see in your group and with your supervision with with folks is when they're starting out or branching off or rebranding or whatever, it's like, we think we have to have all these fancy things in place and spend Mm. thousands of dollars on launching our business that we may not have. Um, And then it 
just kind of prevents us from making that step because again, we're comparing to people who have already been established for 10 years or maybe even longer. And again, it's that whole thing of what am I missing out on? Because I don't have a $10,000 to start a website and an email list and blah, 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 blah. And it just becomes so overwhelming. And, and I've seen people just stop in their tracks. could be crippling. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, it's crippling. crippling. Well, I- Oh, yeah, I mean, I'll say I, I started my business um, with a do-it-yourself website and had a full practice in six months, never spent a dime on someone helping me with a website, um, and I still don't have an email list. So there's that. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> because you feel like you need to have all these like the pretty drop downs or whatever on your website and the email list. I was actually, someone reached out to me once about speaking for them on a symposium because they like something that I wrote. And then she um, canceled me because I didn't have a big enough following. <laughs> that has happened to me. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. Yeah. Frustrating. I, yes. I'm like, but I, I thought you liked the content. <laughs> Um, and then, and then it goes back to that. Do I need to find the numbers in order to be relevant? Yeah. Or for my work to be seen or for, yeah, for me to be seen as valuable in this space. And I think that that's, oh my goodness, that feels yucky to me. Yeah. I mean, anybody, I'll talk to anybody if they have two followers or 2000, it's fine. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That is just that practice of letting go, right? I mean, I've had those conversations too, or I've had family members say stuff like that to me. Like, you know, it's like the the assumption of, well, you're only valid if you have this many credentials behind your name, or if you're only eating this for dinner, then I'll listen to you. And it's it just it's just so entrenched in our culture. So I'm thankful for the fact that I can have these conversations on the podcast with other uh, folks who are going through this. Cause I think there's, there's the beauty in the community and sort of, you know, taking from Kristen Neff's work, the common humanity of self-compassion that we are all in this together and we do need to connect with minds that are speaking a language, at least similar to us that we can learn from because otherwise we are just going to get burned out from, from all of the challenges we face and not be connected to our joy in our work, in our life. So, um, you know, this, these conversations truly nourish me for that reason. Very cool. Really, we want to know, because you are even more amazing than we already knew, if <laughs> folks want to stay in touch with you, where would you like them to connect with you? Yeah, thank you for that invitation. If if you're a professional, a healthcare professional of, of any kind, um, I'd love for you to, first of all, join Inspired to Seek Facebook group so that we can really connect on a, a more intimate level. Um, and then I am on all major platforms, speaking of social media, at H. Goodrich RD and very involved there. And I hope to see you in person at mine and Fiona's workshop. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know how I feel about in-person connection. So I'd love to meet each, and one, each one of you in person. And Lori and I are going to both be there. So yay! So it, it is planned and daycare is already in place for the children. And I am not Perfect. that organized. So this is a big thing. 
<laughs> Normally I'm a day before, oh, I have to go somewhere. <laughs> this is like, what, three months in advance? Um, so we'd like to end our podcast with a question about what is currently nourishing you professionally or personally, anything that's just filling up your cup right now. Well, I guess I could talk about both. I would say professionally, um, it is this where I'm at currently the season of my career where I am starting to mentor and supervise other dietitians and I'm starting to do a lot more speaking, even though it scares me so bad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm moving, I love one-on-one -on -one work with clients that always fills my cup, but talking about preventing burnout, I'm one of those people that needs my hands in a lot of different places and a lot of different experiences. So I am very excited for the trajectory of my career at this point. Um, and I I think personally, um, my partner and I are actually in the middle of a house project. We have been building a house for quite some time now, and that has been really fun, actually. I know I've heard a lot of horror stories about building a house. However, it's quite different from both of our careers and our work. And so it uses a part of my creative brain that I don't normally get to use. And it's been fun watching from literally the, the ground up, come off of the paper, off of the page we've worked on with our architect to real life has been the coolest experience. That's so cool. I think you are the first person I've ever heard say building a house was fun, but that <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Totally, I, love yes. how you, I love how you frame that though, about mm -hmm. getting to use my creative brain that I don't get to use in other places that oh, I could just listen and chat with you all day. I could chat with the both of you all day as well. This has been so fun. And we are going to in September. Yay. Exactly. It's coming. Yay. Yes. Yes. We'll have to plan a little Toronto outing. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for being here with us. And I'm, you know, even more excited to get to edit this because I get to hear it a million times over again. So, you know, it's, it's just been such a pleasure and yeah, we are, we'll, you know, it's, it's not goodbye. It's see you in September. So amazing. See you soon. See you soon. Yes. Yeah. I can't thank you guys enough for having me on this morning and spending a little bit of time um, diving into some of my favorite topics. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been wonderful. Have a great rest of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by our Join the Band Teespring store. Click the link in our show notes to check out our badass non-diet dietitian merchandise. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Nourish Circle. Don't forget to like us on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe so that you never miss an episode.